Hello there, faithful listener. You've tuned in to season seven of the Bible Explained podcast. So make sure to grab your cup of coffee because today we are going to be discussing the book of First Samuel. Howdy and good morning, friends and faithful listeners. This is Jen with the Bible Explained podcast. Today we're in First Samuel chapter two, and we're going to be talking more about Hannah, more about little Samuel, and now about Eli's sons. And Eli's sons are some crazy, crazy people. Very terrible people, actually. So we're going to get into that today. So make sure to grab your cup of seven weeks coffee this morning, the coffee brand that supports life in the womb, and also your cup of tea (laughs) for you crazy tea drinkers that don't like coffee for some reason. And you know what? I, I have to tell you guys, I, speaking of tea, I have to rant about it for a moment. So I, um, I got this new fireplace thing for my fireplace it's like an insert you know and you can actually cook on top of it it gets very hot and so I've been boiling hot water on top of it because you know my house gets very very dry with all of that heat you know all that dry heat so we've been boiling water and I got like this teapot because I'm like you know what it's gonna be so cute if I boil water in this teapot on top of the fireplace and so um I've been doing that and I got this new tea that I wanted to try from this coffee shop I go to and it was like an Earl Grey winter blend tea and I'm like oh that sounds interesting I got it I'm currently drinking it because for some reason I thought it would be a good idea and it's just bad like it is truly I think the worst tea I've ever had it tastes like what I imagine turpentine tastes like and like you know it's so funny because Everybody says coffee is really bitter, but I don't think of coffee, I guess, as bitter. But this is bitter. This Earl Grey wintertime tea is just bitter. But anyway, that's my that's my daily rant about tea. (laughs) I don't know why I keep drinking it. I don't know why I keep thinking it's a good idea to drink tea. All right, let's go ahead and read first Samuel chapter two verses 12 through 21 today. We'll be uh, reading this out of the W.E.B. as usual, but please feel free to grab the version of the Bible that you prefer to read out of and also your cup of coffee or your cup of tea. Let's enjoy reading God's word together this morning with our hot beverage. Now, the sons of Eli were wicked men. They didn't know Yahweh. The custom of the priests with the people was that when anyone offered a sacrifice, the priest's servant came while the meat was boiling with a fork of three teeth in his hand. Then he stabbed it into the pan or the kettle or the cauldron or the pot. The priest took all that the fork brought up for himself. They did this to all the Israelites who came there to Shiloh. Yes, before they burned the fat, the priest servant came and said to the man who sacrificed, give meat to roast for the priest, for he will not accept boiled meat from you, but raw. If the man said to him, let the fat be burned first, then take as much as your soul desires. Then he would say, no, but you shall give it to me now. And if not, I will take it by force. The sin of the young men was very great before Yahweh, for the men despised Yahweh's offering. But Samuel ministered before Yahweh, being a child, clothed with a linen ephod. Moreover, his mother made him a little robe and brought it to him from year to year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Eli blessed Elkanah and his wife and said, May Yahweh give you offspring from this woman for the petition which she has asked of Yahweh. Then they went to their own home, and Yahweh visited Hannah, and she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. The child Samuel grew before Yahweh. 
So Eli was the current judge of Israel at this time period, and he had these two sons, and they were very wicked sons. I forget their names, actually. Let me go back and look at that. Their names are in chapter one. Okay, their names were Hophni and Hophni and Phineas. And these guys were not good guys. They did all sorts of terrible things from verses 12 through 15. So here's what it says they did. They actually would go to the temple at Shiloh, the the main temple, right? And what they would do is when the people brought their sacrifices to God, the priest's servant would go in with this three-pronged fork, okay, like this big giant fork. And before the meat was even like done boiling, the priest's servant would like go into the pot and bring out whatever the fork would catch with the meat and then give it to Hopney and Phineas. And there's a few reasons why this is a terrible, terrible thing. The first being that God already was giving a really hefty portion to the priests. God would actually give them, I think, the shoulder of the meat. And God didn't have to do this because all of these sacrifices belong to God, right? Because the people were bringing these sacrifices to God. And a lot of times it was like peace offering sacrifices. These were gifts from the people to God. And not only now are Hopney and Phineas stealing from God, They're also stealing in a way from these people who are bringing their sacrifices specifically to God at the temple in Shiloh when God had already ordained a certain amount of meat to go to the priests. And that would have been a lot of meat. But because Hopni and Phineas were very greedy and wanted all the meat they could get, not just to eat it, but I'm sure to to sell it or to give it away as gifts or whatever else they wanted to do with it. You know, they they were greedy and obviously this was an extremely terrible thing to do. So the servant would come by with his three pronged fork. Kind of reminds me of like Satan's pitchfork (laughs) and uh, take whatever meat was brought up out of the pot. I do find it interesting in verse 12. It says the sons of Eli were wicked men. They didn't know Yahweh. And isn't that terrible that these two priests didn't know Yahweh. They didn't care about Yahweh. They didn't want to know Yahweh. And yet they were supposedly serving Yahweh. And so that is, a, I think, a very dangerous thing that can happen in our churches and, and does happen. Even Jesus himself in the New Testament says that the church is similar to a mustard tree that gets really big and crows come in and live in the mustard tree. And all of that is an analogy to prove that, you know, the mustard tree gets very big. The church grew very big. And yet these crows, you know, these birds that signify death, come in and live in the branches of that mustard tree. Plus, on top of that, there are verses that say that there is going to be a lot of wolves in sheep's clothing. So they, they blend in with the sheep. They're pretending to be sheep. And yet there are wolves wearing sheep's clothing so that they can like take the clothes off, the sheep's clothes off and devour the sheep. And so Jesus says these things are going to happen. And it did happen. Like even in the Old Testament, as you can see here, Hopney and Phineas were terrible human beings who were stealing from people, who were stealing from God, 
who were despising the offerings of God and who were greedy men and greedy individuals. And they did all sorts of just terrible, terrible things. And it also mentions later on that Hopney and Phineas would just sleep with all of these different women who came to the temple, almost like prostitution in a way. So not only were they stealing offerings from God, but they were corrupting the temple with sexual immorality and all sorts of other terrible things. I'm sure they were drunkards. I'm sure they uh, did whatever they wanted to do. And unfortunately, Eli, their dad and the judge of Israel didn't judge his own sons. He didn't really do much of anything to be like, you got to stop. What are you doing? He really didn't do much. We'll talk about that later, though. But anyway, these two men, Hopni and Phineas, they didn't know Yahweh is what it says in verse 12. And they would despise God's offerings. They would do whatever they wanted to do. They'd take the meat while it was still raw. And so here's what it says in verse 15. Another thing they would do before they even burned the fat, the priest servants would come and tell the man who sacrificed, give meat to roast for the priest, for he will not accept boiled meat from you, but raw. And the man would be like, no, I want my sacrifice to at least have the fat burned off of it, because that was actually the big thing was the fat belonged to God. Because the fat back in these days was like the good, like the really, really good portion of the meat. And so everything good went to God. That was kind of the idea. So the fat would get burned completely. The priest wasn't allowed to have the fat. And yet Hopney and Phineas would go up to the man who was like offering the sacrifice and would be like, okay, give me the fat off of that animal. And if the man was like, no, you can't have the fat. It actually says that the priest's servants were supposed to get violent with that man and do whatever they could to get the fat of that animal. And this was probably so honestly that Hopney and Phineas could sell that meat and gain money from it because like I said, the fat portion of the meat was a really good portion. And I can imagine that this made people not want to go to the temple. So you can see how many layers of terrible this really is. Because I know if I was being treated that way by somebody who claimed to be serving God, I certainly want, wouldn't want to go to that temple or that church or anything else like that. And that's why we have to be very, very careful who we allow in our churches, especially leaders in our churches. We have to be extremely, extremely careful because if our leaders are bad in our churches, that can cause unbelievers to A, look down on the church, but B, it can also cause people to leave the church because church hurt is terrible. And anybody who experiences church hurt, which I have in my lifetime, anybody who experiences it knows how terrible it really is because it's it's like a different kind of hurt. It's a spiritual kind of hurt. And that's very hard to recover from, a spiritual hurt. So we have to be extremely careful who we allow to be leading in ministries in our churches. And the, the best way to do that, obviously, is to pray that God gives us good leaders in our churches. And secondly, to make sure that you attend a church that has a healthy elders board, that has a um, healthy like checks and balances system, and a church also where you can go up to the pastor and talk to him and even question him about certain things. And he's not going to like try to kick you out of the church. But anyway, moving forward, Eli, Eli's sons were terrible. But Samuel, little Samuel, was not so terrible. He was a young child still to this day, 
but yet he served God better than two adult men, Hophni and Phinehas. So Samuel, who wasn't a priest, was serving God even better than the priests at this time period. And it actually says that Samuel ministered being a child clothed with a linen ephod. And the linen ephod was actually what priests were supposed to wear. And yet this little child is like showing his dedication to God by wearing what priests would wear and by serving God better than these grown men. (laughs) A little child serving God better than the grown men. And then it says every year his mother would come to the temple on their yearly trip to the temple and she would make him a little robe. She would make Samuel a little robe. So you can see Hannah still loves her child very much, is probably looking forward to this trip every single year. And here's another thing that's really interesting about this. It says that one year, Eli goes up to Elkanah and to Hannah, Samuel's parents, and he says to them, may Yahweh bless you for what you have done for little Samuel and for the sacrifice that you made with Samuel. May Yahweh bless you. And what ends up happening is Hannah, after that blessing is made, Hannah ends up having five more children. (laughs) So years went by of Hannah once again not being able to conceive. So not only did Hannah have infertility, from the get-go, she had secondary infertility. And I know a lot of women have experienced secondary infertility, and it's very hard, right? Women who want to have another child but are struggling to conceive again. It's been years since Hannah has had a child, possibly like eight years up until this point of Hannah having no children. But God can do amazing things. And Hannah even though she experienced infertility once and twice, all of a sudden has a ton of kids. And this brings me back to Hannah's prayer that we talked about on Monday. What does it say here at the, at the end of the prayer? It says that in verse five, those who are hungry are satisfied. Yes, the barren has born seven and she who has many children languishes. So when Hannah first made that prayer, she had only had one child. She was a barren woman who was able to have one child. And I think she believed in the promise maybe that someday she would have more children. And even though she didn't end up having seven children, she ended up having six children. (laughs) She was a barren woman who had six children at the end of it. Now, of course, if I get really theological here, I could be like, well, you know, the seventh child could have been Jesus. Because he's a child that has been given to all of us, you know, his birth and all that. So, yeah, Hannah did have seven children if you include the birth of Jesus in there because Jesus is for all of us. (laughs) Maybe I'm stretching it kind of a little bit, but it is kind of cool, though. Hannah ended up having six children, even though she struggled her entire life with infertility. She ended up having six children. And I can imagine that she she felt so blessed by God at the end of all of that, especially since she did give up her only child for years. For many years, she gave up her only child and didn't have more children. But yet at the end, God still blessed her with even more children. And I find that really, really beautiful. 
All right, faithful listeners. Well, I hope that you all enjoyed today's episode and I hope it brought some encouragement to you guys, especially anybody who listens to this, who, you know, struggles with infertility or something like that. You know, it's not the end of the story. Like God absolutely can do anything he wants. He can give you a child, even if you have experienced the most extreme case of infertility ever, he can still give you a child. And I believe that very strongly. But anyway, faithful listeners, I am going to let you all go. And I hope that you check out all the links in the description of this podcast episode. Check out all the new merch that I got in the P40 Ministries shop. That's going to be linked as well in the description. But guys, I will see you all tomorrow for an episode out of Acts. I hope to see you there. Happy listening and God bless. Oh,